Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we talk about... Do I have to fill in that gap? Yes, you have to fill it yeah. in. Yeah, a podcast, and it doesn't even have to be talked about. A podcast where we... Musa, I think you should do the This is the Spinster. Like, welcome to Spinster. Ryan yeah. really doesn't want to do it, Musa. Welcome to the Spinster Podcast, <laughs> where we're going global. We're it's going just global. Spinsters. <laughs> spinster can, you're worse than I am. What the hell, man? I you, thought said I was pen, you, said pin, you said Pinsir. I said Spinster, but anyway. Okay, anyway, okay. come on. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Welcome to the Spinster Podcast. <laughs> where we are going global. <laughs> I, I think it's perfect. That was the perfect take. That was also the fifth take. So I think we're going to roll with it. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Go with it. Go with it. Go, yeah. yeah. Make do amend. Um, will you guys introduce yourselves? And I'm Ryan, list I'm all Ryan of your million accomplishments. Uh, my name's Ryan Hun. And that's... Mm-hmm. Who are you? I'm Musa Kwonga for my sins. Um, <laughs> we Together we do... Stadio, which is a the little host, yeah, yeah, the Stadio podcast. Yeah, part, Stadio podcast is part of that on Ringer FC, and yep, yep. Uh, we write and talk about football and some other stuff. And we're based in Berlin. A couple of things. Musa's got a lot more to list. Go on, Musa. I was going to say, Musa, you have to plug your book. No, do I? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, so, no, which uh, one? Oh, which one <laughs> shall I plug? Oh. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, as well as being a co-host of Stadio podcast, um, I'm a writer. So, I've written a book called. Striking out with the great Ian Wright. It's a story of a young boy who dreams of making it as a footballer, as a soccer star, but he can't do it until one day he encounters a great mentor who helps him on his path. So yeah, that's out now. Available in all bookstores. There we go. For those who don't know, Ryan and Musa co-host Stadio, like Ryan said, it is on Ringer FC, on Spotify. It's my favorite soccer podcast. Because... I played soccer. I don't know. I have some clips I can send you guys um, from the high school newspaper and send you some videos. Feel free to do breakdowns on your podcast. Um, <laughs> Breaking down Haley's Odyssey's like how, on the half turn. Exactly. I've, actually, yeah, I'm going to send you some stuff. Maybe I'll send it at the end of the podcast and you could do a little. But I look, I made a, all state all stars. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I stopped playing for a decade. But I always watched the U.S. Women's National Team. I followed the women as much as I could, um, as much as was available. You know, it's it's kind of hard. It's gotten way better the last 10 years. Mm. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't really watch soccer at all until the last two, three years. I've gotten really interested in it because a lot of my friends have, um, especially EPL, but not specifically. My mom is a huge Bayern fan. I don't know if I've told you guys that. Oh, huge okay. Byron fan like obsessed when I text her about Robert being a nerd she'll hit me back with like stats she'll text me stats and she'll just say well he scored this in however many seconds or something whatever that oh, great wow. status okay yeah wow okay wow but you guys have really it's been a wonderful reintroduction to the game oh thanks you and it's just like listening to two really good friends and I'm you know you're third friend just listening in my car so i love your podcast um i love how you guys make it very digestible i think it's great all in all but my favorite thing has been the little you know basketball (laughs) tie-ins and it just happened this last thursday which i felt like since you guys had agreed to after a lot of back and forth with bargaining and finally some significant financial compensation um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've agreed to come on the podcast, so I felt like that was for me. 
But Ryan, you are a Pacers fan. And Musa, you said on the podcast you're undecided, but you're leaning Trailblazers. If I had any allegiance at all, um, I would have had a, a Houston Rockets allegiance because I first went to the US in 94 when they just won, actually. They just won that championship in 94. Uh, but I suppose spiritually it's the Trailblazers only because they've always had these great players on the verge of something. Uh, I've tried to pick a team over the years, but it's never fully stuck, if that makes sense. So there's never been a team I was like, this is mine. This is my like allegiance. I think we can help with that today. Ah. This is actually, this is whatever reverse intervention is. Wow. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to ask, uh, actually, Haley, as the basketball. So, yeah, for th- first of all, thanks, right? And second yeah. of all, uh, I don't know if you know this, but we were huge fans of yours before we even joined the ringer. I used to yeah, read yeah. all your pieces. We used to listen to the podcast that you were on. It's like, hello, Sean, she's funny. Like, she's, you know, like, I like this kind of, same kind of thing. Like, as someone who's followed the NBA for a while, but would never um, proclaim to be like, a specialist or a, a, an expert on NBA stuff. Mm. Just awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure this if was included in the contract. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for those. <laughs> ad reads. Spins does ad reads. <laughs> ad reads. Haley, um, ad reads. Yeah. But I might hit you with some, in your opinion, like certain, uh, what the NBA equivalents are of certain teams. And we'll, we'll I have questions like that as well. And I think actually I've seen and heard from a lot of people. Well, I'm saying this, I've like three people on Twitter, but also two people over the weekend, I was at a wedding, said this um, unprompted that they want to get into soccer, but they're not sure who they should follow. It's hard to commit. I just went through that process a Mm. couple years, two years, one year ago. And um, I ended up finding a man and not a team. But by default of following Bielsa, I now follow Leeds. I love when that. he leaves, I will also leave. So <gasps> I will follow him to the moon. <laughs> I love That's him. Like, I found amazing. him. There's like Pochettino, Guardiola, uh, Martino, and O'Shaughnessy are now <laughs> Bielsa's disciples. <laughs> so Ryan, how did you become a Pacers fan? Because um, that's very okay. random. And so are you also actually, aware of where the Pacers stand like? uh reputation wise in the nba like do you understand that this is that's a very random thing for we'll put it this way if i wanted a team that was ever going to get like a top three pick i would not have picked the Pacers like ever uh but it was a weird it was a weird thing with the Pacers. so i wrote a thing for actually you know ren quarterly i wrote a thing for them last year about about it because i think a similar thing they were like what's the pace <laughs> what's the deal with the Pacers? and it wasn't like um it was a real kind of like slow burn in a way. It was because we started getting, um, you know, I kind of like grew up in the 90s, right? So we we started getting NBA on TV in the UK kind of on and off throughout the 90s. Mm. And obviously there was like Jordan at his prime. And weirdly, everyone kind of had a, seemed to have a soft spot for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know. I think it might have been it's just ben the Rice. color schemes. I think and, it was actually the color. I think it was the get up though. I think it was the get up more than anything. Like everyone... You you would see quite a lot of like turquoise and purple, yeah, around it London. The combos because, you know, it's because the, the t- sorry before just I think it's because the combination of the style and they played in a way that like the style suggest the, the the clothing suggested how they'd play. Then you actually watch them play. Mm. They're like, oh, they play like a team that has those colors. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> they had a lot. Of they swag. team yeah, like they, a per- they t- they play like a team a purple. Yeah, team? the Hornets had a lot of swag. They had a lot of swag about them. Like, you look, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. see what you're saying. Okay. 
I yeah. really liked where you're going for a second of like this color means this play style. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, 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 yeah, they embodied it. That's what I meant. They embodied that so style. When, like I, that. when I yeah, dunk, that's... I see purple. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and like, uh, you know, I remember flashes of like the legendary kind of um, Reggie stuff and various other bits, but it was never like, oh, I've just seen Reggie Miller kind of like doing the troke thing to spike in the garden i'm a pacers fan now it's not it wasn't really like that romantic or anything and I, I can't to be honest i kind of like didn't really i was on and off on the nba but i was never really like into basketball a huge amount i used to play it at school and everyone was kind of into jordan and i think every kid who's grown up with an awareness of the nba in the uk has probably been a bulls fan at some point mm. especially if they were like born in the 80s like i was um and it wasn't really until those like heat series and like against lebron's heat where i don't know me and my flatmate ruben who i just that was my old flatmate ruben we started watching a lot of those as well and it was like i really loved lebron but i really couldn't warm to those heat teams i really wanted mm. to but i couldn't um and it was like the first time that i really started to develop a little bit of a soft spot for the san antonio spurs mainly because of pop um but these Pacers sides, I was just a bit like, I'm like I, re I think these might be my guys, you know. And it was like one of those, again, where I check in them, check in on them a little bit. And then I think it was the second the second series against the Heat where I was just like, yeah, no, I think this is actually it. And then I followed them like f very, very fleetingly, not really in on it. But then it was, it started to, I found myself kind of accidentally caring. Like I would watch games and then like, you know, uh, you know sunday night because they would be like sunday night like the lunchtime sunday games for example like perfect time just like sit down the sofa sunday night watch the basketball and i find myself like actually getting a little bit upset when the pace is lost and i was just like oh shit oh no oh no i think i'm in but like to be fair last season was probably the first season in a while that i haven't watched at least highlights of pretty much every like i usually watch either uh it's hard to stay up and watch every live paces game but I would watch highlights of every single Pacers game pretty much every morning if they were on the night before and then if I could stay up and watch them. It seems like soccer and uh, basketball almost at the same time really got into, got like super analytic driven even from fan bases. And that's difficult for someone like me. That's not how I like to consume things. I like to back up things that I suspect with it. Mm. But it's hard for me to consume things like this. So, I mean, do you uh, think it is, it is as central a part to, to soccer as I as right. I think it is? Or I think that the prop the mistake that a lot of people make, I think, when applying advanced analytics to an argument, is missing out the context. I think with football specifically, or for example, you could just say, you know, oh, this player is actually dreadful because he or she has um, zero assists in the last three seasons, which to be honest, isn't an advanced analytic. And if anyone is like using goals and assists or assists as in like a creative sense as like a metric, then we, we're kind of the interesting thing I think is like we're going through this kind of process of more advanced analytics becoming more mainstream, which I find really interesting because mm. they can go a lot more 
like a lot further in explaining certain things than like the traditional stats that we get up there. The thing I have a problem is, it's like I say, when people draw, when people are just, hmm, let me, I'm going to try and phrase this in a very particular way because I don't want to piss anyone off. No, be mean. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, <laughs> some people just love numbers. But, no, you know, that's that's how it is with basketball as well. No. And so I think they're putting it at the forefront before other things that should be noticed ahead of beforehand. You yeah. know, I think. Numbers are a, such a good compliment and are essential because of it's sports and you tally everything. That's just the game. But you had it in baseball. You, though, like you had like there was a time when I, um, you had like these really streaky hitters and they'd like they'd have like a batting average of like 270, but they would hit they would have the hits that mattered. And it kind of, you know, I get it in baseball because in particular, baseball is so numbers driven that it's like, you know, it's a cal- Frank, let's be honest, it's about calculating big salaries. And the obsession with statistics has become so great because money is such an obsession like you know it, it's amazing the one, the one major difference with the nba and the premier league is we are obsessed with money in the uk don't get me wrong and with what people earn but in the nba it's just another level like you'll know so and so is on x you know it was it the tristan thompson thing you were discussing just recently on the other podcast you were doing like you will know what someone's numbers are or like isaiah thomas like turning down that massive salary because he wanted to play through it and now he's like playing on a minimum salary like, mm. all these horrifying but, 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 but yeah but those things are all what underpins all those those fees and those sums is fundamentally just the numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the numbers allow people to really break down in granular detail what's happening. The reason why I love players like Kevin Durant is that Kevin Durant shatters numbers. He mm-hmm. shatters numbers. That's why I love Leo Messi. Messi shatters concepts and numbers. Messi forces you to watch. Kevin Durant forces you to throw away your iPad and your stats app and just watch and observe it and be like, if there's a 19, if there's a 19 stroke rally at the US Open in a tie break in the third set, you're not meant to be sitting there going, oh, well, he might not get that in the angle. You're just like, well, he or she, whoever's playing, you'll just, just witness it. And the best athletes are so great because they make us transcend our barroom arguments and just observe. Mm. So I'd yeah, like, I think we're both, we're both like huge fans of analytics yeah, and absolutely. statistics and tactics, like deeply, like we read a lot about it, you know, where we studied it, like I did a I've done like coaching badges and stuff and like it's well badge singular but like I think that the thing is for us I think that what you what can happen sometimes I think that it, it it's the application of those things I think which sometimes are where like people nail it or people don't and that if that makes sense and when it ultimately becomes more about just just purely the statistical aspect of it and that's what you base everything off i think you can kind of fall foul of the same tricks that people do who block out statistics altogether does that make sense i don't want to be like there's there's bad people on both sides kind of thing but like on many sides on many sides you know (laughs) no one's bad by the way i'm not saying everyone's bad shit that's a terrible choice of phrase no but you know like um like people become like quite militant about their stance on sports like they do in any kind of walk of life and there are people who like have you know i've written pieces before that have used statistical statistics to back up a certain argument and people just flat out refuse to even like bother like listening to it because they say i watch them every week they're shit i'm like all right well but why you know but but why are they shit and so yeah by the way, I thought that that's not how you guys said shit. Is the what? shite thing made up? I, shite. Is that just no, you can a joke say shite. That... You can say shite in the in Manchester bits of Northern England. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Wow. I thought that that was across all England. Sorry. I need to watch more Love Island, clearly. Um, <laughs> I think that's so true. I, I do think it's true. And even though I, I wouldn't use it, um, I won't say it on the podcast or I won't, wouldn't say it when I was writing. If I have a suspicion about something, I'll go to NBAStats.com and I'll look through it. And if it's backed yeah. up, then I just feel more confident saying it. So, you know, the, to, to say that they're not needed at all or helpful at all, or especially when you're saying like, you know, the, the viewer, the listener might not care about what you're saying because I watch them. They're bad. But why are they bad? That's kind yeah. of where analytics can help. And I think that that's the, for me, there's like a, there is a really beautiful sweet spot of where all of that comes together. And I think, unfortunately, there seems to be like communities that form where people just flout and just like, oh, you're such a bunch of nerds. And then like a lot of people are just like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. This is actually very Sometimes like, I do fall into the group that I'm, I'm just very annoyed with that being the only thing to talk about in the NBA. Mm. But I think with the NBA, there's a lot of, um, I'm not really even sure how to say this. Like it, it's hard because it, they play every night mm. but there's so there's this desire to put them into different slots mm. not just standings but like good team good offense bad offense um you know needs a trade he wants a trade like the status is constantly being refreshed every mm. single day and so then if you're trying to prove something absolutely you know with uh with numbers or with the eye test or with your gut feeling that this player wants to leave or he liked a tweet on somebody's account and so he clearly doesn't want to be with the Hornets anymore. It's just so much changes every day that it is a bit exhausting to keep putting it into a box every day just a new and say that it's with such certainty this is what this is because it changes all the time. I think what's mm. wild as well, Hayley, is the 24-hour nature of sports punditry. So you look at the kind of money that like the top American sports pundits are on and then that then becomes an industry like, you know, like someone like Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless, basically like he is paid to be controversial. And there's something about him so interesting. Skip Bayless is so self-aware. He knows very well that if he just gave the takes that he actually believes all the time, he wouldn't be Skip Bayless. And there's a really, really amazing, um, there's a really amazing podcast he does where he's talking about Kawhi Leonard and he keeps calling him number two, right? Number two is what he used to call him for ages. And he was like, oh, he left my spurs. There's a really beautiful moment where he can't be the heel. He can't be the wrestling heel. And he's talking about Kawhi, I think, losing a parent or something. And he's like really sensitive and tender. And you're like, that, well, this is like when Skip Bayless brought his wife onto the program, you're like, that's who you are. But you know mm. that if you were the person that she sees every evening, you wouldn't be earning however many millions a year. And there's a cynicism there. I'm not saying I like him for that, but I'm saying that like, when you see that even the pundits themselves are some of them in on the joke. When you see that even they, like, you know, for example, like the mid-range is like meant to be a really bad shot. And everyone, oh, the mid-range is a bad shot. But actually the best players in basketball shoot the mid-range. Yeah, nail it. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly, right, exactly. And that's like, where, oh that's God, where the frustration with analytics, yeah, sometimes it's that, taken that, too exactly, far, yeah. Exactly my point. And for me, analytics is like, it's one part of the parcel. It's like cooking. And like when you're, you're cooking the best meal, yes, you've got the recipe, but the best recipes, the best cooking is when you go slightly off-piste and add a bit more of the hot sauce or a bit more of that scotch bonnet. And that's what, sport is ultimately sport is always at the elite level a combination of the art and the science mm. but right. that's a really the mid-range is a really sense? interesting yeah. the mid-range is a super good example of that because like the reason it is a statistically a bad shot is because only the absolute like like bingo one percent of players can shoot it so it's it's kind of like everyone's kind of right in an argument like that so it's like let lebron shoot the mid-range like let Kawhi shoot the mid-range you know what i mean like let kd shoot 
like mid-range jumpers because they are elite enough to do it. Yeah. But like, no, it's, it's, no, it's like a no disrespect. Yeah. No disrespect to my beloved TJ Leaf. But please don't fucking shoot mid rages, TJ. Lee. I mean, you can oh, do no. now because you're at the Trailblazers. I don't care. But um, oh, right, that's, right. that's the healthy balance of numbers. If you're not good at a particular shot, it doesn't mean that the shot should be eliminated because it's not as, mm. um, you know, fruitful for for yeah. this player specifically. There's an amazing podcast. Sorry, very quickly. It was like Iman Shumpert was doing an interview. He's an amazing interview, right? And, he's great. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about like um, like a, a shot at the end of a quarter and how uh, he's talking to. Uh, Carmelo Anthony and he's going Carmelo I was open and he, and Carmelo misses the shot and he's like I was open and Carmelo like I know I practiced that I practiced missing it you got two men on you but Carmelo's whole thing is like I'm the guy that shoots that shot at the end of a quarter two men mm. on me and that's why I get the money and if I if you miss it you're going to take hell that you can't expect so there's the thing about stats that Haley not picked up is Kevin Durant doesn't shoot 50% from the field he doesn't because he's getting everyone's best defense that's what makes him incredible. He actually shoots more like, if Kevin Durant was marked by the average person, he'd shoot 800 from the field. If you yeah. think about it, if you actually think about what Kevin Durant is doing, but the average person, and I hate it sounds terrible, the average NBA player is obviously incredible, right? But let's not name names. A 50% shooter in the NBA who basically gets like, let's say 50 minutes a game, is not getting defense. Durant is getting, and this is, isn't this mind blowing to you as well, Ryan? Like mm. Kevin Durant is getting everyone's best defense all the time and they know exactly what's coming and they cannot stop it. This is what's really cool about like the application of analytics. It's something that's creeping a little bit more into the mainstream of football, which I really like. Because, mm. for example, if um, the same example, like things like expected expected threat is coming in in football, and people are starting to figure out what that is. As much as like that does sound like so. Living no, that in Berlin, sounds really cool. That's yeah, how I mean, they get people I, into analytics is to rename them into something that sounds yeah, like. Like I swear I saw a them at, like a tonal, which is like this electronic Berlin music experimental thing a couple of years ago. They sound like a, a drone band who would be playing in <laughs> Berlin. Do you know what I mean? And like, but the thing is, the actual concept of expected threat is super interesting. Like it's really, really interesting. And like, shout out to the Tifo football guys. They did a really amazing video just really simply explaining what that is and i think that's a really good point is that um the reason that i don't really get too radicalized either way on the kind of eye test or the or the statistical side is because they're all kind of open to interpretation and like musa said like players who are getting the absolute best defense setups against them and are still putting up the numbers in a football sense or soccer sense like that is super way more impressive than someone who is doing it against defenses who you know are set up to actually attack them like against teams who are expected to win and so it's not anything that i have like or pretend to have the right answer to but for me there is a really interesting kind of middle ground of 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 where all of those like um like approaches meet in the nba and in in, Let me in give a football, football example. You know. Drew Holiday and Calvin Phillips. Drew Holiday goes to um, the Bucks, and all of a sudden, like everyone's like, "Oh my goodness!" Whereas, like NBA players for a long time are going, "That's the best defender in the league." Mm. Uh, and they were like, "Actually, certain players with teams and defenses set up, they look better than they actually are." And Kevin Durant was quite funny because he was like, "Oh, actually, um, yeah, there's a lot of players who are meant to be elite, but I have no problem with them." I was like, well, you're Kevin Durant, so no one, you know, you're not a problem. But the, the, the point being, but basically like- I do love Drew KD, Holiday's man. A lot of things. He's, such a, he's, he's, 
he's really he's the drew holiday in a lot of things that people didn't appreciate when he was at different uh, smaller franchises and um same thing with calvin phillips right calvin phillips went to uh went to a barcelona or a, like a real or whatever and just they put him at the base of the midfield all of a sudden everyone be like oh my god a declan rice as well mm. the amount of ground those people cover Haley. so it's what fascinates me with um with basketball and with football as well is how you can unearth an absolutely brilliant player brilliant athlete doing something at like a lower level and it could be anything like it could be like jack Grealish. jack Grealish's stats now they're off the scale they always have been but like you know progressive passes into the final third runs into the final third pass expected first expected first oh my god jack Grealish, highest in the premier league if we if we did if we did an 11 of expected first first 11 just like beautiful men like like like, like who like it had to be jan sommer in goal wouldn't it did Maybe, you see the yeah. pictures being circulated the euros of jan we, sommer we, that we need to save send that. them to me <laughs> that's, that's, that's whole... i will let you know exactly what it's I a think. mood it's a jan sommer is come to be the most beautiful man i think playing a goal in world football at the moment i would say yeah but goalkeepers it's not the hottest position i don't think it's not you say no but no, uh, no everyone says i'm a big believer and you can take a thing that's uncool and make it very cool very quickly it, it used to be quite good back in the day when every goalkeeper had a mustache that was basically seemed to be like the rule like every single goalkeeper had a mustache from like 84 to like 1992 that's true what's the so best looking position now do you know it's gotta be in the middle do you know what i actually think it's probably it's left back or right back oh no low okay key. no 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 no, aesthetic, no but aesthetics because then let's this is very interesting you've done this actually so fullbacks i'm interested so you've got like a ben chilwell right he's a very much officer and a gentleman designated driver mm-hmm. lovely boy like you know very like a suburban boy next door marries the childhood sweetheart that's very much his energy what is people's plants when they're away that kind of vibe. very yeah that's a chi- the chilwell has <laughs> a very oh, it's a very um there's a, there's a safety to it there's also kind of a guaranteed quality you know there's like it's like it's like a very wholesome very wholesome uh, department store. They're never quite sold out. That's what Ben Chilwell is. He represents that. He's like a, a very respectable middle manager. You know, he's taking care of the kind of the finance. So this is this is hot or? Well, it yeah, depends. I was going to say but, like, no, but that, is this that's, meant to be? Haley, that's Ooh, hot. Keep talking, Bruce. No, but Haley, here's. Middle management, you have my attention. Now, now, let's not hate because that's hot for some people. Yeah, stability. Yes, stability. I just want, yeah, I just want someone to I'm sure that my therapist will love for me to turn That's all I ever want. This is what I worried about, Ryan. This woke podcast, you metaphorically sneering at a good, honest American taxpayer, wholesome. I'm, I'm actually. This is, it's disappointing. I didn't sneer at anyone. I sneered at you. Well, I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt, I felt a very woke energy coming out of your comments there. So, you know, um, sorry. Yeah. So, Haley, I think by position, there's this hotness depending on position. If you want the kind of like the flair, like a Marco Verratti type vibe, right? Or like you look at Roma right now, piercing blue eyes. Zaniolo, yeah, it's, it depends. It depends. I think different positions attract different like looks of types of people, of course. Yeah, yes, people, yeah, yeah. And, and energies, yes. Which is why I just don't think. It, I mean, and this is also true in my opinion for basketball. It's never going to be a more defensive it's, position. Oh, no! That's I mean, what, what's that? actually, Haley? You don't have the same. You don't exude the same spark. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that, I mean, like mm. you're not when going Roy for was, like, it. You're stopping the year, it. No one was just like. Oh shit! Like, do you know? You know great, great, great stop. Well, I mean, and, you know, stop, people do stops. say that, but they say great stop like in a almost studious, calm way, like yeah. respectable, great stop. Then how do you yeah. expect Rob? He's playing Dennis Rodman though, like who wasn't oh, in he's my a bit of a unicorn there, right? But yeah, right. Dennis, but yeah, but he that. was so much of everything. He was so much of everything, and also like yes, he's he's probably is the exception to like a defend uh, a wonderful 
person known for defense and off the court is very fascinating. Magnetic, yeah, like magnetic. Yeah, and that kind of... I can give a lot of. But look at Maldini, I mean, think about Maldini, every other defender. Maldini, you know who the Haley. best defender in the NBA is right now? Or if you, I gave you my top three. It's not Rudy Gobert, is it? It's not going. Yeah, it's not, it's one, not, Rudy Gobert. He's, he's one of them. He's not the best. Yeah. Would you want to hang out with him? Well, no, not well, the COVID. Not with no, this COVID yeah, no, protocol. He's <laughs> he's terrible hygiene. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm no, not no, trying to shut the whole him. NBA no. down. No. Although maybe he's the actual, you know. Maybe that was very heroic what he did. I'd like love Drew Holiday. He seems, Drew Holiday too seems too really right. cool. <laughs> um, oh my god, players we most have to hang out with. That's the best defensive player. So is Rudy Kawhi. Gobert's one. Kawhi's one still, right? I think. Would Kawhi's you want to hang out with Kawhi Leonard? I don't. Mm, I want to watch know. him play basketball. I no. don't really want to hang out with him. I don't think he wants to hang out with me. Yeah, you so know maybe, what I mean? There's yeah. just he's not. Yeah, the defense isn't. Do- I, I I can see what you're I'm saying. I'm trying to actually. think of like comparable positions though, because like defense in football or soccer is obviously a little bit different. Because it's different because with ba- with basketball you have to be a bit of everything, especially now. Mm. You have to be yeah. a bit of everything. There's it's not such a strict assignments, and even though in soccer the assignments fluctuate, mm. um, they do just as as the game evolves and changes and people react and and that uh the video. What is it, TiVo? TiVo. TiVo, yeah, TiVo. I watched one of those a couple of uh, weeks or months. I can't remember, but I watched one of those. What is time? And it was good. (laughs) They were, you know, they did a good job of breaking it down. But Mm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with some analytic terms about attractiveness. Yeah, I think expected thirst is a good one. I'm not sure if it'll translate to the NBA. Thirsting percentage, true thirst. Truth, truth first. Truth <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think plus of like minus the, can just yeah, it's just a pros and cons. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the most the, the position in the NBA that I think would probably probably has the most fun people playing at. Well, probably. and it's definitely changed. It used to be center. I the think shooting guard. Your shooting guard. Yeah. Now it's shooting guard. Yes, you've got your Clay Thompsons. You've got who else would be fun? Luca. No, he's. Luca. I mean, he's technically a shooting guard, but he's just a. I you can just you can just go with uh, guard. I think you can go with yeah, guard maybe, would be yeah. the most fun position, or just anyone on the wing because it's just you're sporadic. Yeah, you've got to take chances. You've got to make quick decisions. You're thinking about yourself first. But like those those dudes who are still because obviously like Luca is more built like a shooting guard, but he's essentially just a point whatever he wants, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just he's. But, um, the term that people used to use was floor general. Yeah, you're just in control. But like most, this most is kind yeah, of like sorry, sorry. most, most like people who still want to be like a proper, proper point guard. I don't know. Sometimes I think they take themselves a bit too seriously. They always they have to they're like wide receivers. You have to like if you're a wide receiver, you've got to believe the ball's going to drop perfectly out of the sky in front of a hundred thousand people through the stadium lights. You need a level of egotism that's wild. You need a certain level of self belief. It's like being a jet I fighter. Think, you wouldn't well, do it. Well, wide receiver yeah. though, and point guard. Point guard. I think that what Ryan is saying is there might be some insecurity because now other these tall giant mm. people are coming in and playing your position, and they're playing it better, and they actually have more ability to do other things with it. Which is not I to say that po- the normal the- size point guards being eradicated, but I could see them being a bit. Insecure. But Haley, that's always been insecure because you which think is about the always gaps. what I go for in a relationship. <laughs> 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 so maybe that is my peak attractiveness. Oh my God. There she is, the Nexus event. <laughs> 
Ryan, you said it. Ryan said it months ago. It's all existential. It's all existential. <laughs> Everything's existential, man. Live your life like an insecure We're post-reality, yeah. But, there you go, everyone. Is, but Hayley, if you think about- Insecure, if you, insecure shortest person on the floor at any one time. Give Hayley a shot <laughs> oh, to see a shout Oh, no, Ryan. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm speaking as someone who's not particularly tall, so that's fine. No, but I, can, dim, diminutive, diminutive, diminutive. Oh, I'm, I'm all right. Average. <laughs> Next time but, I uh, I have a quality about myself, I'm not crazy about. I'm going to get a good adjective uh, swap from you, Musa. Oh, like, gladly, gladly. Really free kind. of charge. Mates race. Yeah, Musa's very clever. That's why. <laughs> don't, don't start, right? But Haley, this thing about, the thing about going down court as a point guard, there is that inherent insecurity of like, you have to find a gap. This is what blows my mind. Like, you've got to find a gap in 24 seconds. This is why I find Rajon Rondo so fascinating because there is someone who... They've got, I've said like air traffic controllers, they've got brains like supercomputers, these people. Mm -hmm. And you do need a level of like, it's a mixture of like, I guess, insecurity or ego or whatever, or arrogance where like the gaps will appear. That's what amazes me about like the LeBron James and the the Leo Messi type players where there's, they they have complete confidence. You know, I've said this before, Ryan, there's some players in football and there's a similar basketball as well, where they can run it. There's very few players in any generation basketball for whatever where they can run at a crowd and know that gaps will appear because their balance is so good so you have like Kyrie Irving now who is like you watch Kyrie Irving and also before him was uh, was it Tony Parker where they would run they would run at like a massed bank of four defenders and they would put together like a combination of like three or four different moves like the Tony Parker spin move is, is wild because it's always preceded by one or two different shimmies or shakes and then the way they finish like off balance horizontal and I remember thinking that's only for two points this is what gets me like they do all that for just two points and they do it every night for like what seven eight nine ten years straight and steph has a less direct way of doing it because he's different from Kyrie in that you have to have a combination of you know things to proceed getting through this huge crowd but with his it's almost like so whimsical and Mm. fantastical and he's twirling and he's over here and then he's gotten here whereas Kyrie is like i'm gonna go through you to the heart and of i'm it. gonna figure yeah i'm gonna go to the heart of it whereas steph is like steph the first time i ever like really really saw really really saw steph play like elite steph because i actually went to like i think i went to it was the pistons warriors at the palace in what would it was it was it still the palace then or were they were i don't think they were in the new no they weren't in the new place so it was in like 2012 right and the Warriors weren't the Warriors that became the the dynasty, but like Steph was there, obviously, and they were kind of mm. getting good. But like I remember the first time I really like saw like Super Steph, and the first thing that came to mind was just like it's like a toddler who's been told that it's bath time. The way that Steph plays <laughs> offense, offense, because it's just like you think he's here, and he he will run he will run like behind the courtside seats if he has to get like a free thing, yeah. and then come out the other side, and you're just like, when the fuck. And he just this little, there's just this dude. I mean, he, I say little, he's what, 6'3? But like, right. there's this little dude just running around everywhere, and he's just like, he will not be caught. And the energy that he has for that, I just don't, I just don't get it. Because going back to what we were saying before about like best players getting the best like defenses against him, like he gets guarded like harder than what 90% of the people in the NBA, and yet he's still just, he's just running around like he's so wriggly. I remember yes. watching him actually in, for Davidson in the kind of when he like was emerging. Like I saw, I used to watch a bit the college basketball um, and him coming like when no one knew it was coming. They didn't know what he was yet. 
and they're giving him too much like oh too much room and he was he was killing them it was like when watching uh actually this is a bad example because never quite made but when mike bibby actually sorry i'm an old man so when arizona won it was at 97 and mike bibby went that incredible run and like was doing those amazing teardrop floaters and mike bibby had a difficult career in the nba mostly because of injury issues but like have you seen a picture bibby, of him lately no how oh, is he does he look the same age as has he aged go ahead and I'll- I'm going to send this to you in real time. Please put Yeah, Mike Bibby basically like was so far ahead. And I love that when you watch the NCAA, when you watch the final four, when you see there's a player who's like off is going to light up the league. So I love the kind of, it was almost like sort of Batman Begins origin story. Steph before everyone knows that he's Steph, if that makes sense. So in, yeah. in that, and you know, that's kind of also the analytics thing because that would have never seemed like a good idea. What he's doing? Yeah, clearly he's taking the two kinds of shots that we've now settled on in basketball um, being no, the no, ideal so I'm, shots. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in there. Sorry, it's like, but like, look how the Heat scout players, right? Like the the analytics they're looking for are always a bit different. If that makes sense, Haley. So they're like looking at different things. So there's a very specific way, obviously, where the, the Heat scout, and they might actually like someone like you know Pat Riley is probably like, I don't want the guy that makes the most shots. I want the guy that takes the most shots in that situation, because we can teach shooting form but we can't teach guts you know that's such a pat riley thing to do but you know that's the kind of thing he's looking for and i like when pop would scout actually ryan you know you know we're big pop fans like pop would bring players in from like you know europe south america like the manager nobly thing classic example of like a risk-taking player like pop was like that's the guy i want does that make sense Haley? like and yeah, I, no, I, it love, does. I, I love that kind of like where people sort of look at the stats model and kind of break it if that makes there's sense. a lot of ingenuity yeah. behind yeah the the yeah. the greatest coaches that's are still in basketball now you have yeah, to yeah. have been otherwise it's it just gets stale i sent you um the picture of bibi so let me know what you think about that oh, I, is it, uh, you emailed it no just on twitter oh 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 you tweeted it. ah no i didn't tweet i didn't tweet it holy shit yeah oh my god Let's see is he falling hard times let me find well, no my thing. quite the opposite <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Is he sw- he's swole. The the attractiveness rankings have shifted significantly, oh goodness, see, see. and I'm not sure in which direction. I got to be honest. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it looks like when you really like when you play around with the character uh, size on like NBA 2K. Bison. It's like looks like Bison. He's absolutely M Bison. That's a great shout. I wanted to ask you guys if if anything that we have in soccer that you have in soccer. I guess I'm not going to take possessiveness. No, over it. what are you talking about? It's, it's, we know it's not our game. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that we we yeah. all share <laughs> anything that that game has that would be good for the NBA to have because right now they're trying to do this propose this midseason tournament. As a fan, we're trying to figure out how does this work and work in a good way? I love adding things into the game. Something I like about soccer is you guys always have some fucking cup going on or there's something and other things have paused or you bring this player in from this league and all of a sudden he's doing this. And I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Like the last week was the, I can't remember the name of it, but I kept calling it the caribou cup. Ca- the caribou, caribou coffee cup. Yeah. cup. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Cause I, I saw it. I was up really early and I was like, this isn't real. There's always something going on, but in basketball, we don't. We only bring players up from the G League. The G League mm. teams will never compete against the NBA, even if mm. it was a 
incredible, like the best G League team in the world. I mean, in the world ever in history. And they were just excellent. Those players would just all get called up. There's no world in in which a Mm. G League team would play an NBA team. And so then we thought, well, maybe it would be fun to incentivize um, international teams to come over and play. But then you're wondering, these guys play 82 games. They play really long seasons. They don't get long breaks. Especially, you know, after the wear and tear of the last two years um, with the squist schedule and just everyone being tired and the mm. the everyday testing that they go through on top of everything else that they have to do. The travel, the, you know, the playoffs break being less. I can't imagine it being a good deal for them. Even if you say I'll give you a million dollars, like the best player on any given team, the the top three best players, five best players, and be like, okay, a million dollars, like I I'll make that the next month, you know. So, right. That's one thing I I would love to make that happen, but I don't know how you transfer that over from from soccer. I don't know that relegation is it's not realistic. Like, right. there's no way that an work, owner who yeah. Whoever has established ownership of a team would agree to that now. That's something Mm -hmm. you have to agree to way, way ahead of time at at the creation of a league. Is there anything that the NBA would benefit from or just basketball in the U.S. in general? Ultras. So it's nothing actually on the game, but actually like organized ultras groups behind a certain end of the court. So fans, basically, and let them like unveil like... Tifos and let them um like just let flares off and like so for example <laughs> if you're like if you're playing you know if you're playing the if you're at the staples at staples center and you're playing the lakers it's just like fucking yellow and purple smoke just coming up everywhere and there's like smoke chanting constantly. and everything and ev- it's like super intimidating because i've been to we've been to we've both been to games in berlin like uh, alba berlin they play in the euro league and the yeah, the Berlin the, team. the Berlin the the Bundesliga, um, and it's loud. Like there are like ultras with like drums and they're chanting all the way through. And like they played Galatasaray and the game got postponed because the Galatasaray fans were firing fireworks everywhere. And it's like obviously <laughs> you know it's not. I don't want people to be fired fireworks at. I'm not saying that, but I think maybe. Uh, I'm not even saying that as a serious suggestion. You're suggesting suggestion. more violence. You're saying do things what, that lead yeah, to violence. Yeah, you kind of are yeah. suggesting. <laughs> you're in Central yeah. Europe. It's like the, the violence capital of the world, like over wow. time. Do you know what I mean? It was, it's, it's like it's a continent that's consistently been at war since its creation. It's just like fucking inject it. But no, yes. Uh, no, no. I think from a serious point of view, though, I don't think. I think. I think. I always think it's really tricky. This question to not not to take it too seriously. But I, looping back to an example of something that I had when the Super League stuff was going on and I wrote a couple of pieces around it and I got pretty much the only real pushback on, um, what's the word, like the support for the Super League or I don't know, people telling me I was a cuck or something like that was because like, was from American fans who were essentially saying that because of the, the closed league format of the super league and me taking issue of that that i was essentially calling all american sports completely invalid and i was just like no no no, i'm not what i'm saying is that you know in your in the conception like exactly what you said before Haley, like the nba wouldn't there is no point 
bringing or even attempting to bring in promotion relegation into like the NBA because it's just it's, the league hasn't worked that way and actually it wouldn't make the league better and there's no point it's different examples so I think it's really tricky to to bring in something from football in a format sense maybe um, a salary cap if anything yeah yeah but but footballers don't have salary caps like the NBA does no, I th- no you mean the elimination of oh, one or Oh, sorry. So I think you know, I always think people say NBA and football. I'm what like, about oh. yellow and red cards? That would be sorry, quite sorry. fun, huh? Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> so bring bookings <laughs> and sending offs into the NBA. So can you imagine just like imagine the broadcast where it's just like oh, and the hard foul on James and like Jeff Van Gundy's just like he's gonna book him, Mike. Like he's gonna book him. He's gonna book him. How excited Jeff got? Like Van Gundy would be so excited about bookings. It might actually, actually I, speed the game up quite a bit if we don't, uh, if we use the fouling system that there is. In. It, now, would not, it make sense? Yeah. Absolutely not. Sorry, before I forget, I was actually, when, when, you said NBA, when you said NBA and football, I was I always think of things that the NBA could give to football, but not that yeah. many vice versa. Uh, um, I see. Just well, imagine I, a ref actually, running over and booking, like, I don't know, like James Harden or something. Just, you can, like James Harden doing the pleading. Or he'd probably go like, start doing this like an Italian <laughs> centre back. What here's doing? a real hot take. Here's a real hot take. Both basketball and football should take from baseball the sending off. You know, like in baseball, when they send you out, you're ejected. It's the best ejection in all sports. There, where they just like they're sending you off. It's like they're not just sending you off the field; it's like they're sending you out of the actual multiverse, out of the they're, universe. They're ex- yeah, they're, they're like leave you. and never come back. It's such. It's so cathartic when I. I, I think there's a part of me, I, I said this to you, Ryan, before, I'd love to be sent off in a big football game. I think my dream is like being sent off, like all eyes on me, just like, oh my gosh, wow, it's my moment. Like, it's so dramatic. Oh, I'd me. I'd love to oh, be objective. Who's a, what, what's, your, what? what's your um, sun sign? Libra. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I'd love to be objective. I should have said it before because I was like, is it a Leo <laughs> or a Libra? <laughs> like, there's no love, Ryan, wouldn't it be amazing? Imagine. Oh my God, the first I did I, check I my phone. I think you'd have oh a God. lovely time, yeah. I think <laughs> if i could buy like an experience for your birthday i would be like you know one of like like for example when i was at the msg for uh nick's wizards like the only time i was at the garden they were filming this film with like will ferrell at halftime and like everyone had to like boo or cheer on certain bits and basically the fucking msg crowd were just fucking with them and booing on the wrong bits and cheering Love, on the of other course, bits. of course but yeah. you know i'd book one of those like old trafford uh manchester derby halftime Oh, can Musa just get sent off at Old Trafford and everyone boo him? So Incredible! Like, yeah, and then walking <laughs> oh, off like me. as if I was oh, sad. Ref, I didn't touch him. Oh, Secretly, oh. my eyes twinkling. The face is frowning, but the eyes are twinkling. Sorry. So, so okay, that leads. Like. To, well, I just had I felt thought a couple minutes ago. I actually think extra time would be a really interesting concept for basketball instead of uh, overtime. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Never mind. I, I guess I take that back. In terms I of do how take stru- that back. I completely retract that. Yeah, now that what I've had about, a second like, to think about shootout, it. So basically everyone goes to the line once. You know how much I just love that. Like literally I was into the cup when I realized that it they had to move forward and it had there had to be shootouts. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story, but when I was uh, interning in North Carolina for a summer, PSG went there and they had, they were playing some big, I can't remember the team now, but um was it one of those like international champions cup games like that happens in the just, middle of the it summer was like or something a, like that? it was a it frankly very if there are any europeans in the crowd it was very insulting because they were just completely 
playing on what Americans wanted. And at the end of the game, which was just a regular formatted game, someone took the mic and was like, okay, who wants to see some penalty kicks? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And they literally shot penalty kicks for us. And everyone was like, yeah, and me, myself included. Like, I was so excited. I could not get over it. Anything. incredible. Like they're, they're, they were so cruel. But, but it's also incredible. brutal. And Ryan, I, I don't think it should cross over to basketball because any time at the end of a game when there's free throws and they decide them, I literally almost start crying because I'm so sad for the person who has to shoot them. You know, because it's like everything's make or break. And with soccer, I'm like, you guys already have this built in. You know what the deal was. Yeah, but imagine Oh, Harry like, says starting. that they played Chelsea. That adds up. How about one on one? Haley, how about one on one? <laughs> you pick like two best defenders and then like four best attackers and then it's like they have like the first to four and they've got to go one on one from half court and they've got like, 10 seconds to score or like six seconds yes. to score that's, see, that that's, would be, that's amazing yeah that I love would be that. amazing like isolate like <gasps> I don't know you know like f- game wild. seven of the finals and it's you know three all Isol- and it's a draw and then your starting five goes to the line they each go to the line once they're standing on like the mid court line and they're like Basically, you know, they're all like there in the huddle, like arms around each other. Someone Amazing. walks up, shoots one free throw, walks oh back, my gosh. the other one. And it's just like, and they'll do the, they'll have to do what footballers have started doing now whenever they miss penalties. And they'll have like, you know, the social media post the next day. This hurts, guys. I'm really <laughs> sorry. Like I let you down by missing a free throw. We'll come back stronger next season. Imagine if the fucking NBA finals was decided on like. Well, there was that shot of, of KD sitting backwards. You know what shot I'm talking about? What when he hits the uh, when his toes not no. No, hang on. I'll, I'll Harry. What what game was that? That was a Harry is a Warriors fan, so that was. Oh, so it was the, okay. He okay, was with so the Warriors, the, yeah, at the time. When it was but the he, he was so confident in his teammate making the shot, he turned around, and he sat down. It was at the free throw. I can't uh, remember who it was. But My yeah, like is, that's like mate, that would actually be quite. I mean, it, to be honest, though, I'm always extremely as a European. Well, I suppose technically still, we're British, so we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth. Oh, goodness, but like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, as someone who lives in Europe, I'm very, <laughs> very, very wary of ever suggesting anything that could be added to American sports because I just don't, I just... It's, you don't no, want to no. smoke. You, you, I don't they're care, great, guys. I don't care. They're great, like, they're great. You, 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 you are Actually, doing a better we're job. On this pod- we're on this podcast, aren't we? So people are going to like hear us in the same time zone. So actually, yeah, you know what I love so much about um, Berlin at the moment? Berlin's actually, at the moment, it's colder than most Canadian cities right now. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, Hayley, this is a long running thing where I basically like talk about how Berlin's really cold and there's always at least one I, Canadian I heard it that Thursday. writes to me. Yeah. On Thursday's episode. <laughs> There's always at least one Canadian that writes to me. They can't resist it. <laughs> Do what you want, man. I can't edit you. I can't save you this time. Sorry. It's not sorry. my that's job just, today. I'm sorry. sorry. That's my life. That's, you can that's pay my Harry life. off, but... No, that's Harry, my keep spirit. it in. Leave You're it already in. shelling out so many money, so much money just to have you guys on the podcast, so I don't know. Yeah, can I just put... Can we, we need to put a pin in this rumor because otherwise someone's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> we're seeing none of it. Yeah, we're seeing none yeah. of it. Whatever's being paid, we're seeing none of anything it. We're, anything we will receive financially, we'll make sure we donate it. Absolutely, yep, yep. To wow, so now we have to give you guys money so you can be noble. This really fucked me. I shouldn't have ever made this joke. <laughs> listen, listen. You listen to the podcast, Hayley. You knew what this was. 
as Moose you know, well, It's not our first rodeo, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to keep you guys forever, but I was going right. to try to figure out what team you should follow Musso, but actually I think we'll just, why don't you say a couple things about yourself and then we'll have people try to, well, they'll send us in and I'll, I'll forward them to you. Oh, goodness me. So Libra, we've already got that. Writer. I mean, is, there, is there a franchise called like the San Diego Catfish or something? Because I think that I've got, you know, <laughs> I think... Um, the Catfish League. You are very think, interested in teams that um, uh, then are do not follow through the way that you believed that they would execute Yeah, I'm things. quite mercurial. I'm quite a sort of... Um, I think you should be a Kings fan. No, well, there's God, just no, no there's no, no illusion. No, no. no so. because there's no there's no joy though. There's no joy there, right? Exactly. To be a catfish, you, you don't deserve have any joy. Have just illusion. have just suck it up and be the team in California, though. <laughs> there's, Ryan, there's, like there's, suffer. Yeah, state capital. Don't worry about it. You're fine. It's, it's it's that team that like <laughs> they could go on a deep playoff run, or they could get like a like the Hawks maybe. Hawks an, are, a Hawks. I think the Hawks are a fun franchise, though, man. They are a fun franchise. Especially they're with they're either like super good yeah. or they're absolutely dreadful. And when they're dreadful, but the fans are really vibes. fun. Yeah, great and fans. you get to go to and Atlanta, their memes man. are incredible. You get to go to their Atlanta memes, all the time. The, the whole, I'm a, you know what? That's a strong. Also, my love of the music. Exactly. Ah, the Hawks. You know, you should be a Hawks fan, actually. The Hawks. I could see that. That could work for me. You know. It's Let's weird, use this next Grizzlies. season as a tryout, and you can see how mm. it goes. You don't have to commit to the whole season. They're really long. Commit. I just love Trey Young's energy. I just love that whole energy of like, oh, it's, it's quiet in here. Yeah, it's fucking this quiet is, in here. Oh, sorry. It's real quiet in here. It's real quiet in here. <laughs> I He's love naughty, that. man. Trey's naughty. Yeah. <laughs> That's my energy. That's my energy for sure. Wait, I wouldn't like you that. call him um, cheeky? Yeah. Yeah, very, very much cheeky. Very, yeah, very, cheeky. Very, cheeky. <laughs> very cheeky. Definitely. So the love island is paying off. <laughs> Every, no, everyone's, got, everyone's, got a youngest co- everyone's got a younger cousin like Trey Young. Everyone. Oh, Musa. What is it? Oh, I got in trouble again. Oh yeah, can you come and sort it out? What? Oh yeah, there's a really big guy here. I annoyed him. Oh, okay. I bye. told my I'm teacher like, oh, it was effing quiet in here. She said, yeah, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, "What?" what? So, well, you can cuss on this podcast, Ryan. That's fine. Nice. You know, there's always that cousin you're constantly apologising for. I feel like Trey Young was that as a kid. <laughs> you're constantly apologising. He's got oh, Trey's done this, Trey's done that. Everyone's oh, like he's charmed great. by him. He's so you adorable. Him, really. but... Yeah, but you lo- exactly, you love them, really, don't you? I have, I have yeah. a question for you, Haley. Who is your mm-hmm. favorite? Who, not who you think is the best, but who is your favorite NBA player currently? Well, is it still Terry? It's Rogier? difficult because <laughs> they're <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Terry. Uh, it's hard because I'm I'm such a LeBron fan, and it's just yeah. moments over. What's that saying about marriage? There's um. There's wow days and then there's vow days. Mm. And the wow days are like the days that you're like, I can't believe I married this person. I'm so in love. This is the greatest person. And then there are vow days where it's like, oh, man, you know, but I made a vow. I'm going to stick with this person. I have so many of those with LeBron where there are just moments that I've watched that would make me hang on to him as a fan forever, mm. like forever the horrible off the court stuff all, you know, withstanding um, if that would ever happen. But there's also, you know, and then there's like things that make me, I love so much other about other players. Um, and the vow days for me with LeBron are like his tweets are so bad. You know, I don't think he has, he's just a dad. He's a dad. He's got bad, bad tweets. tweets. He's a dad. Every picture emojis. he holds where he's holding a book. He's always like, he can't even like, you know, open it to the middle, just, you know, fake it a little bit. But anyway, it's always first and foremost LeBron, but there are so many players who just 
captivate me, who I am, you know, I have to watch them 100% and, and teams as well. And so sometimes it'll just be like the worst team. Like I, I've told this, you know, a million times because I feel like it's a really admirable thing about me as a person. I watched the Wolves from 2013 oh to 2016, probably missed like five games. Yeah, I thought oh you were God. a Wolves hey. fan. Hey, no, that's, I'm not. That's, that's, what, what, I mean, that's lovely. That's, that's amazing. That's resilient. But my but, friend but, from college, Gorgie Jang, was drafted there. And so I was like, well, let me see what this oh, is about. Wonderful. And then it was about misery. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But I love, I love John Morant. And I love the whole Grizzlies yes. situation. So mm. Gosh, yes. I love the Grizzlies. That's super last, fun. The Loved Hornets them. last year, I couldn't mm. get enough of them. I thought that they were amazing. But it's not always just a young player. But for right now, the, the Hornets and... Um, and the Grizzlies as a whole are just so There's an energy with the Grizzlies in particular, isn't there? They're like the kind of the guts of them. Both like of Memphis them have well. a similar, they have a, a similar, but then different. Like it's almost like the the uh, Hornets are a bit more playful, but they're both so bold. Mm. Um, I think the Hornets will once again be fit, fitting purple and, and teal. Also Memphis is meant to be an amazing town, like amazing. Yeah. Have you been? No, I've just, everyone raves about it. People rave about it. I'm like, oh man, Memphis. We're going we're gonna to try and do a US trip next year, aren't we? Yeah, we'll try. We'll try. Oh, a try tour. And, well, we're definitely going to try and go to the West Coast because we've still not met any of the ring a lot since we were, because we, we joined in a pandemic. So we've mm -hmm. only ever, you know, had video calls. That's right. Of yeah. course, number one destination for everyone is Kentucky. Yeah. Well, I heard it's pretty cool. I was thinking, I was thinking, I was calculating like how much money am I going to need like, to do? do I? I was like, how much money am I going to need? Because I'm like, but, you know, because I got in trouble last time, Haley, when I was in North America, because I went to um, Vancouver. What did you do? And I got in trouble because they're like, oh, why don't you come and see me? And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I said, oh, we're in Calgary. And I'm like, that's half the country away. And then yeah, someone else was the, like, oh, come to LA. It's the distances. So I'm now thinking like. you got to pick three hubs and just tell people you've got to mm. come here. It's, the, was, it's too big. You said Kentucky. I was like, okay, where's Kentucky near? And I was like, okay, what are the three places? Nothing. That? Yeah. The thing <laughs> is, like, I think I'd have to go to Dallas. I have to go and see the Mavs when I'm over like I have, to, I have to see I have to see Luca I have to see oh well Luca. why don't I was gonna yeah or maybe, maybe, if, he's, see maybe if they're in LA that's the thing I you have just to, have to plan out your trip so yeah, he's there I have when... to, yeah I need to have to I need to I've never been to the field house so maybe, didn't they just they just renamed it yeah but I don't yeah, know what don't it's called now it's, I think it starts with something with a G but yeah I guess is you it, never it, will go to the field house but you'll definitely the G go house? to well that would that would actually make sense I think yeah. I, I think New York, I mean New York I was in New York last time I was in the US so I think I can the thing oh, is yeah, the Gamebridge Fieldhouse there yeah. you go Gamebridge. so it's still the Fieldhouse which is nice oh, okay but but just a different kind of Fieldhouse but uh, yeah I don't know I think I'd love to see I'd love to see Luca play I'd have to go to the Pacers um but I don't know in terms of cities seeing a great player I love that your once, must your great, must yeah. visits are Indianapolis. Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, if I, I don't know, like, because there are a few pl random places that I love in LA. Like, uh, well, like I love Ann Arbor, for example. Like, I've got friends in Ann Arbor, and I went to stay with them, and it's just like this is cool. Actually, when we were talking about college sports earlier, I was just like right by the University of Michigan. That's where like, Harry going, went. Going past the stadium, and you're just like, holy shit, this place is huge. Like, have you guys ever been tailgating? Have you ever done tailgating? No, no, no. What's tailgate? Save, What's save tailgate? a tailgate. Whenever, wherever you guys are, I'll come and we'll do a tailgate. And because I always think that, um, 
soccer fans who aren't Americans will appreciate tailgates because it's so intense and it kind of mirrors, I guess, the some of the capacity of the um, intensity and love that we have for the sport. It's just a lot what, of what dedication. Is, what is, it's a great what time. What is tailgating? I just had to explain this to my friend who's um, also from the UK. It's before college games typically but they do it with nfl as well you are outside in the parking lot nearby Mm. or sometimes it's just like a plot of field um and you have your grills set up and everyone has their own mini tailgates it's like groups of you know a family or a group from like four to 15 and you um are just like grilling out and drinking um and talking about the team before you go inside. Wow. So you're incredible. nice and drunk incredible. and fed. Incredible. That's amazing. Like, I, would love to, I would love to take you guys to a tailgate. Similar to like a German football culture, but like another level yeah. of it. Like, you know, like NFL games. I went to one NFL game, Wembley. And like, the thing I love about NFL games is like, it's such an occasion. Like it's an institution. It's like your thing. And, you know, a lot of these stadiums are like a little bit further out of town. And it's like a real, it's like a, it's like a religious experience. Like it's the whole you know, when you go to like a church service and you go to like a fancy church, it's like a whole, you make a day of it. And you know, it won't just be like a normal two hours. Look. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I used, I used I, to be I, a church go back in the day. I used to be a church go back in the day and that whole same thing, the whole thing was like an occasion. Yeah. It is, early. and it's Sunday as well. So that's, that is right, a fitting right, right, comparison, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, yeah. There's, there's definitely like those ritualistic things of like football is amazing. Like but people in Germany, especially people in Berlin, for example, like can't believe that I, have a bit of a soft spot for Dortmund mm. as a city and it's basically just because like you know um of the state like the football team there it's like probably the best place I've ever seen football play like in terms of a stadium mm. and um and yeah like any excuse to go over there like sit four hours on a train from Berlin to Dortmund and you know go to the games there it's it's amazing and it's all part of like I, I, I will like often quite I will quite often walk to the stadium which is like it's not particularly far but like from the main kind of central station because there's just this really amazing moment when you walk to the stadium from Dortmund and where like you can just see because it has these like big yellow kind of like pointed metal things on the top of the stadium kind of thing and you'll just see it poking out from behind some trees and it's just like aha here we are you know and like night games and the floodlights are on you can hear everyone and you can like you can smell all of the grills going on because Germans love their bratwurst before football games and uh, it's like a, it's just a completely different experience. Like spiritual. Different, yeah. like, I, I really special. love, this is something I really, really love about kind of going back to what I was saying before. Like I do think that there's a really, sometimes there's quite an un- unhealthy rivalry between like say European soccer fans and like American sports fans. It's kind of like mm. who's got the, who's got the best sport and who's is like, oh, you, gosh, know, yeah. oh, you don't take it seriously. We don't take you seriously. What the hell is football anyway? Like, like, you can play for an hour and a half and it's still draw. Like what the fuck is like, Oh, you know, wait till we talk, tell you about cricket when you can play for five days and you can still draw, you know, it's like, <laughs> but these little, without kind of wanting to get too whimsical, but like these, these little like rituals that exist in each sport that is, I don't know, things like that. I find super interesting. And like, in terms of like experience, like even just going to, yeah. you know, going to watch the Pistons and the, and the, and the pre dynasty warriors, it was just like, yeah, this is amazing. Like on a Tuesday Can night. Can I say one thing I love about um, American sport that you don't get so much in in football? And actually, another, the one thing I love about the NFL, above actually maybe any other sport, this is a weird thing to say, is that you can be, 
you can play for an NFL team and have, play on a terrible team for like a 10 year career and be acknowledged as the greatest all time in your position. That is the one thing I do love about the NFL. The fact that people acknowledge the sport is so difficult and it's so lucky, the, the combination of factors of luck that'll take you after a winning team that you can be the best player, like, like, like Barry Sanders or like, you know, Calvin Johnson. You, you can be the best in your position, even though your team was, sorry, they're both Lions, weren't they? That they're both, you can be all, and I, that's what I love about the NFL, the sense of like, and I'm saying this to Ryan, one thing the NFL does really well is their roundtable discussions where they get people from different generations to talk. So they had one with uh, Saquon Barkley and um, they had um, Barry Sanders and Barry Sanders was talking to Saquon Barkley about like, like, you just keep doing your thing, you're a great player. And you saw Barkley's face and Barry Sanders is like, you know, your favorite, your favorite uncle talking to you. And he's looking at him with this reverence. And the NFL does that, weirdly enough, not very, they don't look after their elders very well. But the one thing that, that aspect of NFL media does really well is it really, the players, not the, the owners don't, but the players revere each other in a way that is actually extremely special, if that makes sense, Haley. Mm. Um, I think the NFL more than any other sport. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. Domestic it? weird. or abroad yeah. knows yeah. how to celebrate itself. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really I mean, that, great, yeah. That aspect to me is like, because that's almost, if we talk about what we love, people go, oh, I hate football. It's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I hate the structures of the institution, but the core of it is what I love. I mean, I haven't really found a spiritual home in German football like Ryan has. I haven't found a spiritual home in the NBA, but I think the thing that Ryan and I both share is the kind of, what's the essence of this game? Why are we in love with it? That thing I think is, is something we share. Yeah, anyway, and I think much ends. like, yeah, we, we're, 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 we're like, again, kind of not wanting to get too, kind of whimsical but one thing that's really great about since we've been on the ringer is obviously getting exposure to more us-based soccer fans and the thing that i always find really really amazing is how uh, is is like the dedication in a different sense you know like the dedic like you were saying getting up at 4am to watch leeds and just there's a real i i don't know i i know it's twitter and people you know it's whatever it's it's a fucking cesspit sometimes but like I think it's such a shame when people just shit on other sports, especially from other regions, just because like there's no promotion relegation or so it's bullshit or something like that. It's like, like, well, no, it's, you know, also like there are the, the football pyramid is, is in, you know, never ending in England as well. I think it's so, I don't know. Oh my sports. God, you're telling me. I was like, okay, cool. So there's like one down there and then... I scrolled down the page because you can, if you're Googling it, you can see like mm. where every team is at. And I was like, wow, there's a whole separate league under this league. Yep. And then, and then I kept going the down and there's another and then, league. Yep. And then, and then yep. there's another league. Yeah. And, and it may be, and then, you know, and that's fascinating itself, but yeah, there's something to appreciating each sport for its own quirks and structure. Yeah. Even if you don't love the structure, you yeah. know, there's, it presents a different challenge for every one of them. And having, the chance at promotion or relegation, I will say, is thrilling for me. Um, not so much right now. What place? We're like three, three from the bottom, I think. You'd be fine. Oh, no. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. Once you get the hams out the way. I'm really you get the hams out the way. You guys are telling, giving me really different signals right now. I think you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been very mixed with my signals. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't feel really good about it. But. I believe in Bielsa C, so. Yeah, we all do. We all do, really. I think it's more yeah. hope than anything because we want Bielsa to do well. We love Bielsa, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also with like American soccer culture, I think it's really it's a real shame that you're seeing a bit of a wave of like teams rebranding and getting rid of their iconic names. You know, it's just like it's a it's such a shame. I think I have a real sympathy with a lot of U.S. soccer fans who have tried to build their own culture and then you can get some like quote unquote creatives in suits 
who have been paid like consultancy fees to go and rebrand you. And yeah, and they just really just like watched away. one EPL game ever, and they're like, yeah. "What if we put FC at the end of your yeah. name?" Oh, gosh. Like, and, and the, but, I mean, there's the court. The thing is, there's not like any one rule. Like, there's been, a, there's you know, like LAFC, for example, was a new franchise, and I think they've really they've done that really really well. Fantastic! Or, they have the whatever you called the fan fan section. Oh, the ultras. The yeah. ultras, yeah, I'd never heard that before. They have the the that section like is wonderful. I when I I was mm. in it one time on a date and the date was really like whatever but that part was so fun and i've been to games since that have just been like it's thrilling it's such a good environment um i hope it continues so on with angel city true love. you went on a date and found true love in a sense you found something great this is actually this is a thing with yeah. me because i it's because of somebody i dated that i like the nba because mm. i was such a college basketball person and then was dating this person who loved Kevin Durant. So we watched every Texas game and then broke up with him, kept watching Kevin Durant. And I was like, (laughs) wow, the NBA is amazing. Yeah. So this is actually a theme for me. I've, I'm introduced to really wonderful things through pretty shitty people. There's a great friend of mine actually who, um, she, uh, (laughs) was a big music. She was, um, she's a big, she's like a brilliant, like music, um, journalist, curator, all the rest of it. And she dated someone and she was already into music, but she discovered a lot of stuff through him. And she realized through dating him that actually her knowledge was far more extensive than than she had clocked and then he had clocked. So now she's doing like far bigger and better things than in music. It was weird because he was like, and this is the thing about statistics. They bring it sort of full circle because I like a narrative arc, you know, you know, I love a narrative arc, right? You you should write a book. The thing about- You should write a book. (laughs) Wow, do you know what, do you know what, do you know what? Metropolitan elites. Sorry. Um, the thing, <laughs> the thing about this kind of like um, the, the arc I was coming. The, this the obsession with stats. I think mm. a, an element of a slightly sinister element of this obsession with stats is like a desire to carve out a niche where no one else can like intrude. You know, a gatekeeping of knowledge. And I find that issue. I don't like that about the stats world in the sense that sometimes people gatekeeping. And um, it's just so funny. That this really good friend of mine went out with a guy who was like one of music's biggest gatekeepers, and now she's doing work that is like leagues beyond what he was up to and is still up to so yeah happens a lot yeah she's awesome yeah she's awesome uh hey i I have i have one final question for you okay yeah if that's okay from Mm -hmm. from, um as i you're a lot more into like horoscopes and stuff astrology let's say (laughs) here he goes (laughs) we had a theory that kind of wasn't planned but it kind of just came out after watching the schumacher documentary that all refs are capricorns does that work (laughs) yes Yes. Yes. And that's why the majority of them are men. <laughs> you come at me for spreading conspiracy theories and you will go on different podcasts and spread conspiracy theories. We actually theories. had a really great... Um, no, wait, who brought that up? That's such a perfect... Right, Ryan so did. we were talking about refs and how like... Um, I can't remember the podcast. Was it last week when we were doing the mail out? With Mailbag? It was a couple. Maybe it was the one before. Episodes ago. Yeah, it was a couple of episodes ago. Um, but I was talking about how I'd been watching the... Uh, oh, it was. It was Monday because we were talking about all the dreadful refereeing decisions and yes, the VAR yes, yes. decisions and how and they the should have been overruled and they weren't overruled. And I just watched the Schumacher documentary and his old manager in there says, he's a, he's a Capricorn. So like he's never wrong, you know, like and he will never apologize kind of thing. And I was just like And they and they don't bring a lot of emotion to anything and they're yeah. very they have they're very serious about work and they feel like what they're doing is very important. So I was like maybe refs to Capricorns. 
Capricorn theory. That is so good. I think so that's what we should end it on. All refs are Capricorns. <laughs> Spreading my agenda. <laughs> Heidi, what an absolute joy. Thank you. Spencers is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hey guys, Michael from Cleveland. Love the show. Uh, would really love for the Cavs to draft Evan Mobley because I think he's the best player in draft. Maybe better than Kay Cunningham. Um, and then hopefully, if that doesn't happen, I guess I'll just continue being a pretend Pacers fan and I hope they don't draft like Corey Kispert and draft somebody with ceiling. Like Keon Johnson, those are my hopes. Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs>